Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Ramblings, Podcast 136. I guess they changed the date for Almost Human, so I haven't been missing it like I thought I had. So I talk about that in the first part. As regular listeners know, I work in a gym that is for sports, and so pretty much I just unlock the doors and then sit on my butt for five hours. So almost every shift that I can, I will get at least one movie to watch. This last time, I was quite surprised by Bounty Killer, which I think may be the best ever B-movie that I've seen. I used to have sort of a tradition of watching those on Saturday night, so I've really been missing a lot of them, and I'm very happy I found this one. So I talk about that in the second part. I finished Bioshock Infinite's downloadable content, Burial at Sea, And I've gotten probably most of the way through the XCOM downloadable content, Enemy Within. So I have some sort of closing thoughts for those in the third part. And that's it for this time. So hopefully you'll enjoy the show. As I said, Almost Human is now out, and they have two episodes posted. Most of the online sites will only hold five episodes, so if you are planning on checking it out, you have about three weeks before the pilot episode should disappear. But I would recommend, if you are interested, you know, check it out as soon as you can, so that way, you know, you're not behind too much. I don't know what it's rated, but it is on TV in the evenings. But I would probably not recommend it for younger teens or preteens because it is, you know, sort of science fiction slash gritty in some parts. And so, you know, it's not the best show for little ones due to that, you know, violence and gore. At its core, it has a few different elements to it. It is a cop show about a detective and his partner solving various crimes. It is a buddy show about the two different partners trying to get along. But most of all, it's sort of classic science fiction in the sense that it is about being human, our relationships, our flaws, and how we deal with them. The main character was a really good cop until he had a raid go bad. They used a super high-tech weapon on him, which basically was sort of a a mix of a grenade and a, a bullet, and it kind of exploded his leg. So he now has this synthetic right leg. And because of that, he was kind of out of it and and very hesitant to go back to work for, I believe they mentioned, two years. So he's sort of broken in the sense that he is no longer completely human. He has this synthetic part, and the synthetic part kind of bothers him. And he has, you know, all the issues of, you know, what went wrong with the raid, and how is he going to recover, and, you know, just in general, reacquainting himself with how he is now. This is set in the future, and it's somewhat of a dark future where crime is going kind of rampant, and as part of their stance on crime, police have now made it mandatory that all police officers have a mandatory synthetic unit, as they're calling them, which is basically an android partner. The main character who Carl Urban plays does not get along with them very well at all. 
I won't spoil what happens to his first partner, but it's pretty hilarious. So the captain pairs him up with what is pretty much explained as an older slash previous model to the current generation. And this model was phased out because it was supposed to be as human as possible. And so they were basically programmed to emulate emotions. And as part of that, they occasionally have, you know, imbalances in terms of emotion. So basically, the new partner, being an older model and being more human, is also kind of broken in terms of, you know, androids, because he's not this uncaring, unfeeling, I guess, you know, for lack of a better word, robot, that the new models are. He is somebody who has feelings, he has emotions. And so in a way, you know, both detectives are kind of working towards being more human. I would describe it as sort of a mix between Blade Runner and Judge Dredd. It has sort of that underground tech-slash-medical industry that Blade Runner has, and it has that sort of rampant extreme crime level that Judge Dredd has. And it's kind of a mix of both so far. I guess J.J. Abrams is not the lead behind the show, though he was kind of advertised as such. I guess he is sort of a, a lesser producer on the show. And the main person who's doing most of the writing and producing is somebody else who worked with him on Fringe. So, you know, it is a very similar sort of futuristic science fiction show like Fringe was. But, you know, like I said, it is a a cop buddy show about being human. Hopefully with J.J. Abrams not being the lead producer slash writer, it won't suffer what I call his season three death that... I think previous shows he's done have suffered. I won't go into too much details, but suffice to say, I really think Lost was much better before Season 3. It actually kind of started to go a little funny, probably midway through Season 2. And I loved the first few seasons of Fringe, but when they went into this sort of fight-the-man ending that it got, I don't know, it, it changed a lot, and... I think it kind of lost a lot to the show that was really cool about it. But I would say, for Almost Human, if you like classic science fiction, which, you know, as I've said a few times before, you know, things that deal with sort of human issues about, you know, humanity versus, you know, what we are becoming and, you know, the unknown future of what science can hold for us, I would say that I would highly recommend it and that you will probably enjoy the show quite a bit. As I said in the intro, since I don't have a lot to do at work, especially since, I don't know, last year and a half or more, possibly, there's been like no internet connection really at all to speak of, I will often get at least one movie for a shift if I can. 
you know, sometimes I've seen everything in the red box, so, you know, a few weeks will go by where I have no movie. But there was one this time that had sort of advertising on it, I guess. One of those tagline kind of things. And the tagline thing said it was a mix of Mad Max and Kill Bill. So I said, well, you know, I like those shows. I may as well check it out. But I would actually say it has a mix of a few different other things. I would agree that it is part Mad Max. But I would say it is also part Thunderbirds in sort of the 60s version of the future kind of way. Probably most of you won't know what that means. I would say it is also part comedy in an Evil Dead sense of humor kind of way. And it is part love story. It's also kind of like Tank Girl in a way, though that's pretty old now, so most people probably wouldn't remember that. Bounty Killer is rated R. It's sort of a post-apocalyptic kind of science fiction film. Basically, in the near future, corporations have destroyed the world, and it's now a post-apocalyptic kind of place. Bounty Killers are now competing to get kill bounties on former CEOs and bosses. So it's kind of like they're hunting them down as criminals. The movie kind of starts out with two main characters with a third one kind of tagging along. Early in the movie, a plot twist comes up, and we follow the three main characters across what is basically referred to as the Wastelands until they finally get to sort of a big climactic fight at the end of the movie. Without talking too much about it, because that would be spoilery, I would say this is probably the best B-movie I have ever seen. And if you are, you know, into B-movie kind of things, I would highly recommend it, because I really loved it. Since this is out on physical media, I would say if you're into that kind of thing, you will probably want to buy it. And I would recommend you watch it with popcorn, because it's fairly hilarious. It's kind of gross, though, in some parts, so if you're kind of, like, squeamish or something, you might not want to eat it with popcorn. But then, you know, if you're into the kind of movies I described it was similar to, you know, you probably wouldn't mind so much. But it is a lot of fun, and that's pretty much why I recommend something with popcorn. And I would also recommend it with friends, because, like I said, it is pretty fun and hilarious. And it's a good time. So I have some sort of closing thoughts on Bioshock Infinite's downloadable content, Burial at Sea, and XCOM's downloadable content, The Enemy Within. Even though I died a lot and spent a lot of time playing Burial at Sea, I think if you removed most of the deaths, so it was, you know, a reasonable number of deaths, I would say it probably only took me about two hours maybe three hours to complete the content. So that seems, you know, a little bit pricey for something you're paying 10 bucks for. It was super good, you know, as high quality as the original game. But if you are looking for story and sort of development of what's going on with everything, 
there isn't really much there outside of the starting cutscene and sort of the ending cutscene. There are a few bits and pieces of story strung through it, but pretty much the story is fairly sparse, and it is sort of bunched together, and most of the downloadable content seems just like straight-up action combat. I would give it four stars, or maybe like 85% if you're into percent. I would say it is definitely worth picking up if you liked the original Bioshock Infinite game. However, you know, as I said, you know, you have to pay 20 bucks for the season pass thing. And since it's basically half of the season pass thing, you're pretty much paying 10 bucks. So that seems really kind of pricey. So you might want to wait and pick it up after the price goes down a bit. But other than that, I would highly recommend it. XCOM's Enemy Within content, I would say, can be completed in maybe 15 to 20 hours. It is basically interweaving a lot of new content in sort of some of the base content. I would say, in terms of what you're doing, it's probably two-thirds new, where one-third of it is still, you know, the stuff you've done, you know, in previous other games that you may have, you know, played through. But there are so many new things to check out and new maps and, you know, new bad guys and such. I would say that the power in terms of, you know, combat difficulty ramps up a lot more gently and it's a lot smoother than the original game. Before it didn't kind of ramp up, it was just like, here's this peon guy, here's this other kind of peon guy, and now here's these really tough tanks. There was like no middle range. Now it's sort of like you get the initial peon guys, and then you get some slightly harder guys, and they get some slightly harder guys, and you know, you've got your new stuff that your soldiers are getting from medals and other new stuff. So there are, you know, a lot more steps in terms of going from the beginning to the higher power levels. I haven't had quite the difficulty that I had originally, though I am playing on a basic game. Normally, I play in classic mode, but I figured I would just try and get through it once on the basic version and then try classic mode later. But I would say it seems a lot smoother and a lot better transition from, you know, the early game to mid-game to late game. I would rate it at somewhere between 4 and 5 stars, or I guess I would say maybe like 90% for those of you into percent. And I would say it's only off because it does still have bugs. I did see somebody get their hair shot off. As I mentioned before, you know, there are those corner bugs where you'll shoot at somebody, you know, through a corner or, you know, through a section of the wall or sometimes, you know, the reveal will, you know, not show the bad guys or the bad guys will be halfway in the wall. But a lot of the other bugs did get cleaned up. And I do think, you know, there is enough awesomeness in the base XCOM game, you know, that the awesomeness was increased by all the new stuff. So I do think overall, you know, it probably balances out and it stays fairly awesome. If you enjoyed the base XCOM game, Enemy Unknown, I would highly recommend you pick this up. Unfortunately, I think it requires the base game. I don't think you can pick it up, you know, by itself from this point if you hadn't gotten the base game already. So that might be a little bit pricey, which does seem, you know, a little bit odd since it is, you know, its own gateway to enter the game. But I would say if you hadn't picked it up and you were looking at getting it because, you know, your friend's player, you saw some reviews of it, I would say it is 
definitely worth it. I'm going in after him! Not really much for the news this time. Hunger Games' second movie, Catching Fire, is now out. I will almost certainly go check that out and talk about that next time. And the new Xbox One is also out in whatever launch games it has. So those of you that were looking forward to the new Xbox console, you might be able to go to the store and pick one up if you didn't pre-order it. But it is now out. And that's it for the news this time. So I guess that's it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. It has been raining where I'm at lately, and it's starting to sprinkle now, so I should probably close pretty quickly before it actually starts raining loudly. I've been still very sad about my class. I'm not getting any help from anybody. I asked on Facebook if anybody would help me and try and you know clear some things up with what I'm trying to do, but there have been no replies so, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's any way I can really pass the class. The professor might be, you know, super generous if I do manage to get some help, but even with that, I don't know, it would be a miracle if she gave me, like, a C-. minus. But even if she does, I don't know, I was looking at the classes beyond it, and there's really only one class that would be helpful. And several times she has said, you know, this is the kind of assignment you'd get, you know, at a basic job at an entry-level position. And I'm looking at it going, you know, if this is the kind of thing they would make you do, you know, as an entry-level position, this is not something I would be interested in. You know, even though I was just taking it to basically get into a position where I could be like a network admin or something and, you know, mostly do like hardware-based stuff, you know, I would have to do stuff like this class and, you know, several other classes if I got to the bachelor's and any kind of certificate, you know, I would have to do a lot more classes like this. So this is not enjoyable. It's not easy for me at all. It's totally confusing. I don't understand it. So I think I'm just going to redirect into something, you know, that would be more enjoyable to me. I have been thinking, you know, more and more, I really kind of need to get something that is, you know, at least a little bit creative. Because when I'm not being creative, I don't know, I'm, I'm just not very happy. So I think maybe I'll try and get it to sort of a, a media focus, maybe. Even though it might not get me a job, because there's not a lot of jobs in media, you know, outside of, you know, being in the film industry. You know, maybe that would at least maybe lead to some kind of editing job or you know, something that would make me happy, at least, you know, get me some experience in official training in terms of, you know, making and editing videos, you know, for my site when I can eventually, you know, get to conventions and 
do that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I guess we'll see where that goes in the future. But hopefully everybody out there listening does not have a sad, confusing life like I do. And you are at least moderately happy most of the time. And hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. Well, I was 21. It was a very good year. It was a very good year for city girls who lived up the stair with perfumed hair that came undone when I was 21. You have about three weeks before the pilot episode should disappear. Whatever it They used a super high-tech weapon on him with the... That sounds like something out of science fiction. You live in a spaceship, dear. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation... You can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdotcom. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space, and be sure to put the number one in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.